Tess. Hey, Tess. What's going on? Drinking. Drinking. Cheers. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Cocktails and Conspiracies. I'm Tess. I'm McDub. That's it. And and that's it. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. I'm so excited to talk about this. I know. Super fun. So crazy. Um, so before we, we tell you guys what we're talking about, but I mean, they might tell by the title. Mm-hmm. We have to say something like... We're talking about the Panama Papers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Panama Papers. Do we have any updates or housekeeping? Um, no. Happy oh, New Year! Yeah, y'all, this is our 40th episode. Oh, yeah, Number four it is. Zero. Isn't it that is. crazy? Mm-hmm. We gotta do something big for the big five mm-hmm. over the hill. Um, yeah. Okay. Anyways, okay. Um, obviously we don't have that much to talk about. We have some awesome things coming mm-hmm. up for you guys. Yeah. So please new year, new us. New year, new. I'm feeling 2020. Fuck 2019. Oh, so true. So true. So, anyways, so I've actually been wanting to cover this for a while, but I think what spurred us to cover the Panama Papers was the new Netflix movie called The Laundromat. Good. I'm so glad I watched it. You guys go on Netflix and we'll talk about it later too. Yeah. Watch The Laundromat. Watch the trailer first. It'll get you excited. And it has Meryl Streep. She's Meryl Streep. Anything that she does is gold. Antonio Banderas is in it. Oh, yeah. Like, um, I mean, there's a ton of super famous people. So, but no, it's really good. And it actually <clears throat> covers this. So to segue into what is this conspiracy theory today? So it's more of like, you know, I mean, this actually really happened. Yeah. Um, this is true. But there's a lot of like ancillary, like conspiracy theories that have come out of this. And then. You know, people are theorizing what's the fallout of this going to be. Um, So with that being said, Tess, hit us up with the background. Okay. So what are the Panama Papers? Let's get into it. So the Panama Papers are a collection of leaked company documents that gave a glimpse into how the world's richest and most powerful people avoid paying taxes by basically cheating the system and being shady as fuck, Mm -hmm. like you said. In 2016, journalists from a German newspaper obtained 11.5 million documents from the law firm Mosek Fonseca, and this exposed how some of the world's most prominent politicians, business leaders, and celebrities may have used offshore bank accounts and shell companies to conceal their wealth or avoid taxes. So what is offshore banking? Offshore banking... Oh, that was my coaster. Sorry. Sorry. Offshore banking refers to the deposit of funds by a company or an individual in a bank that is located outside of their national residence. These banks are regulated under an international banking license, which usually prohibits the bank from establishing any business activities in the jurisdiction of their establishment. So due to less regulation, less transparency, accounts with offshore banks are often used to hide undeclared income. Basically, you can set up a shell company internationally online. You can do it online. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really easy to do. It's managed through an online software. You can open up multiple offshore accounts through a holding company and transfer funds within your various accounts to spread your money out. So that helps you not look so sketchy. So you had a really good analogy. I did. Okay. Here's a really good 
simple analogy. So imagine this. When you get a quarter, you put it in the piggy bank. The piggy bank is on a shelf in your closet. Your mom knows this and she checks on it every once in a while. So she knows when you put more money in or if you've spent that quarter. Now, one day you might decide, I don't want mom to look at my money. So you go over to Johnny's house with an extra piggy bank that you're going to keep in his room. You write your name on it and put it in his closet. Johnny's mom is always very busy, so she never has time to check on his piggy bank. So you can keep yours there and it will stay a secret. Now all the kids in the neighborhood think this is a good idea. And everyone goes to Johnny's house with extra piggy banks. Now Johnny's closet is full of piggy banks from everyone in the neighborhood. One day, Johnny's mom comes home and sees all the piggy banks. She gets very mad and calls everyone's parents to let them know. Now, not everyone did this for a bad reason. Eric's older brother always steals from his piggy bank, so he just wanted a better hiding spot. Timmy wanted to save up to buy his mom a birthday present without her knowing. Sammy just did it because he thought it was fun. But many kids did do it for a bad reason. Jacob was stealing people's lunch money and didn't want his parents to figure out. Michael was stealing money from his mom's purse. Fat Bobby's parents put him on a diet and didn't want them to figure out he was buying when he was buying candy. Now, in real life, many very important people were just caught hiding their piggy banks at Johnny's house in Panama. Mm -hmm. Hence, Panama Papers. Today, their moms all found out. So, this guy wrote this. Like, literally when this story broke back in, like, April of 2016. So he says, today their moms all found out. Pretty soon we'll know more about which of these important people were doing it for bad reasons and which were doing it for good reasons. But almost everyone is in trouble regardless because it's against the rules to keep secrets no matter what. Yep. So hopefully that kind of gives you... I thought I read it. I was like, oh, got it. Well, and I think it's really important to note that the richest 1% of the world's population is literally richer than the rest of the world combined. Okay. And they're getting away with not paying taxes. Yeah. So this has actually been going on for decades and the concept is 100% legal. However, the magnitude of this particular leak of the Panama Papers Revealed transactions that resulted in broken exchange laws. They violated trade sanctions and political corruption. They found secret companies involving the drug cartel, money laundering, fraud, kleptocracy, which is a government with corrupt leaders that abuse their power and exploit the people Mm -hmm. and or natural resources to extend their personal wealth and political powers. Um, tax evasion, and then evading international sanctions. It just goes on and on. So who broke this story? In 2016, there were two German newspaper reporters that broke the story behind the Panama Papers. Basten Obermeier was one of the journalists that got a text one day. And it was from a guy named John Doe. Oh, oh, John. We know so many John Doe's. So many. There's so many out there. Yeah. So John Doe, like, texts this German newspaper guy, and he says, Hello, this is John Doe, 
interested in data, I'm happy to share. And then Obermeyer says, hello, we're very interested, of course. Obermeyer. We're a newspaper. We like info. Uh, I'm a journalist. I'm going to tell everybody else. Please. So then Obermeyer says, how would we get the data? And John Doe replies, I would like to assist, but there are a couple of conditions. You need to understand how dangerous and sensitive some of this information is. My life is in danger if my identity is revealed. I've spent the past several weeks considering how to handle this. We will only chat over encrypted channels. No meeting ever. The choice of stories is obviously up to you. My gosh. Could you imagine getting that call? As a journalist? Part of me, part of me would like be like, oh, this is bullshit. Like, I yeah, don't want to talk to this crazy-ass person. And I know that was a really big issue with them because, I mean, it could all be a hoax. Right. How do you validate? But somehow, John Doe, I mean, he got him really, like, intrigued about this whole thing. So Obermeyer, the German journalist, asked him, okay, so how do we proceed? So John Doe basically sends him a little bit of information at first. And Obermeyer looks it over and says, the material seems good. Can I see more? And Obermeyer then says again, is it all about the Argentine case? It had been about half an hour and no response from John Doe. So he closes his laptop. He goes to bed and then he wakes up and looks at a text from John Doe. He says, I am sending a few more documents. Some have to do with Russia. Another part of the PDF is specifically intended for you Germans. Look for Hans Joachim. There's a lot more where that came from. So this journalist is like really excited. He's desperate to look through all the documents right away, but there's so much like information. And I think at the time he was at home for the holidays or something and his whole family was sick. So he's like running errands for his family, trying to get them medicine, going to the doctor with them and getting these texts from John Doe. So he didn't like get on the jump yet. Not yet. But then as soon as he returns home, he like starts really looking into it and he realizes that it's a leak and there's so much information that he can't like wrap his hands around it. There's just so much. Um, just from this guy, Hans Joachim K. There's so much, like he Googled him and there was very, very little information. It said that he was the Simons uh, manager in Germany. He used to be the CEO in Colombia and Mexico. And so he kept trying to like search and do this Google, like search through the internet. And he really couldn't find that much stuff. But then when he looked, you know, at page like 10 or 11 on Google, he found that he was running businesses and he found dozens of articles, including some in the international press about this guy. And what's his, what's his name? Hans Joachim K. So mm-hmm. he's this German guy. And so all of a sudden he comes across these documents and he had $500 million transferred to his name for this random company that no one's ever heard about. And so he's like, well, where the fuck did this come from? So he keeps looking, he keeps looking, and then he finds out that it is somehow linked to Putin. Oh, yeah, I was about to say. Putin. 
a $2 billion trail leads all the way to Mm -hmm. the Russian president's best friend, a cellist called Sergei Roglin. So this German uh, journalist asks him, okay, why are you doing this? And John Doe replies, I want you to report on the material and make these crimes public. The story could reveal the Snowden documents in importance, but you're publishing in German. You need to partner with the New York Times or similar caliber English newspaper. So he's like, this can't just stay in German. You need to spread the word. So then John Doe says, we should discuss what is the best way for me to send you a large amount of material. Any ideas? So he had even more documents to send over. And Obermeyer's like, I have no idea. This is beyond anything I've ever seen before. And he was sending it over like a gigabyte at a time. And so Obermeyer says, I'll have to think about it. How much data are we talking about? And then John Doe replies, more than anything you have ever seen. Oh, my God. I would be freaking out. I was like, I would have to like escalate that. I would not be able to deal with this weirdness by myself. (laughs) I I would immediately call somebody. Yeah, for sure. Or like, like, don't ever talk to me again. You psycho. Yeah. Right. But he had this feeling that this guy was legit. Good thing we're not journalists. Good. Nobody would have known. <laughs> Your billions are safe with us. Yeah. Trust no one. Yeah. <laughs> we won't even talk to you. So, Overmeyer said, it's not only more than anything I've ever seen. It's bigger than any leak that any journalist has ever seen. It'll also mark the beginning of the largest international investigative mm-hmm. journalism project of all time. Yeah. It, y'all it's, 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 I mean, I know we're saying a lot of facts and there's a lot of names and there's a lot of numbers, but I, and what's lot. so crazy to me and I, I'll get into this a little bit, but what's so crazy to me is like, why hasn't this had like a, a bigger splash? Like, because this happened almost four years ago. Yeah. It's crazy. So ultimately around 400 journalists from over 80 countries investigated the stories. And this is really cool because um, there's this group called the Investigative Consortium of an wait, hold on. International, International Consortium and Investigative Journalism. ICIJ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which I think is really cool. I had no clue about that. It's so cool. So it's all these journal. Okay. So you have to think about a journalist, right? Like they want to keep their information to themselves. Yeah. They keep their sources. Like that's what makes them a good investigatory journalist is because like they have their sources that they keep safe, but they get inside information. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But this was so huge that there was actually like an international team and that they would bring people in secretly to help them, you know, break down the data and, and, uh, report on this. Yeah. And it took them over a year. Yeah. And so all of these began with Mosek Fonseca. Mm-hmm. So one name that kept popping up over and over and over again was Mosek Fonseca. So this German lawyer named Jürgen Mosek and a Panamanian novelist and lawyer, Ramon Fonseca, established a Panama-based law firm which services included incorporating companies into offshore jurisdictions, such as like the British Virgin Islands. It like pretty much was like a property management company. Like if you like had a 
have a house in a different city and you're like renting it or something like that. But it's a, it was a law firm, right? Yeah, it's a okay. law firm, but they would incorporate companies. So like yeah. Tessie Inc. Like they would help you. I like that. Yeah. And then like manage it for you for a yearly fee. So like, yeah. you know, if you wanted to establish Tessie Inc. in like Panama City or like the Bahamas, they're yeah. like, okay, look. You don't know the laws down here in Panama. We, you don't speak the language, but, you know, we'll we'll take care of this for you and, like, just pay us, like, yearly. So, back to your analogy. Would Mosek Fonseca, would they be Johnny's mom or Johnny? Oh, they'd be Johnny. So, the moms here are, are government bodies that should be regulating okay. people's taxes, like, m- connecting dots from a dollar to the right owner. Yeah. So, so basically, Mosek Fonseca, and this was back, they established this back in, like, the 70s. Yeah. So, this has been going on for a very long time. And so, um, they also did, like, wealth management and shit like that. So, it was, the firm was based in Panama, but it runs a worldwide operation. So, you know, it started back in the 70s and over the decades. Like, if you looked at their website, I don't, I, you know, I think it's still there. I'm um, to look at it on Yeah, me too. Okay. <clears throat> So it grew and it operate it started operating it had a global network um they became the fourth biggest provider of offshore services acted for more than 300,000 companies um with a super strong UK connection more than half the companies are registered in British administered tax havens as well in the UK itself so Just real quick, tax havens are places where significant amounts of money can be stored without being subjected to the usual levels of tax, often located on small island nations such as British Virgin Islands or the Bahamas. Some people choose to live in tax havens because of the money that can be saved, while others set up shell companies based in tax havens as a front for the money that they have. So, a shell company appears to be a legitimate business, but it only really exists as a means of passing money around. It doesn't actually provide a service or it provides a very small service at odds with the amount of money being put through it. For a shell company owners, though, their fortunes are hidden away from the tax man. Yeah. Hence the name shell company. It's literally just a shell. It has no meat in it. It's exactly. just Exactly. Front. Exactly. So I guess the UK had a ton of these, you know, British administered tax havens. So Mosaic Fonseca, how they grew and how like crazy they got um, was because they had a lot of like affiliates working globally to sign more and more companies up with their like financial dealings and things like that. So essentially like... You know, they just had affiliates all over the world that were saying, like, hey, this is super easy. Like, here's some lady's name that's a director in Panama. And, you know, don't worry, we'll take care of all of this for you. Like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then you have at least $10 million. You can join our club and exactly open up a shell company in Panama and hide all of your wealth there and then get get out of paying taxes. Sure. Win, win. So, so just like when, since this has been leaked, there's been some just kind of crazy conspiracy theories around like why this is happening, why now? Like, cause this, 
to, you know, our point, this has been going on for decades and decades and decades. Like, you know, what, what is, why is this happening right now? Right. So did people really know about it until this leak, like, well, obviously, because I feel like if you got rich enough and like you had a corporation, like you would, you'd be advised to say like, Hey, you know what? You're not going to be taxed as much and it's totally legal. Look, put it in Johnny's closet. His mom doesn't check. Should we all just combine our salaries and do the same thing? Open up a tax, go go to a tax haven. I mean, well, if it gets you up to a certain point, then you'd get big brother on you. So scary. I know. So there's multiple conspiracy theories about this. We'll cover them a little bit. You know, some people think it's an attack on enemies of Western capitalism. At this time, this was during that, of course, the 2016 election, that time, because it was April 2016. A lot of people think that it was a distraction from all of the controversy and drama from the 2016 U.S. election with Clinton and Trump. And then some people thought that this was, there's theories out there that this is strategic, that this was done on purpose for, you know, kind of crazy shit that we'll talk about later. But there's all these conspiracy theories surrounding this very, very real historical event. So all the Snowden stuff, all of that doesn't compare with the terabytes of data that was leaked was to it, the public. 2.4? Yeah, 2.4, 2.6, I don't remember. Okay. So let's let's like some of these are stupid. Some of these are kind of like it's just it's just kind of crazy. So, okay, let's do a lot of people thought this is an attack on enemies of western capitalism because there was a notable absence of american clients on the most Mossack Fonseca list. So I think this is interesting. I would actually like your take on this too. So if we think about it, if we think about Western capitalism and then we think of the most powerful countries on the Eastern side, China China. and India. Mm -hmm. In a few years, or maybe in a few decades, China's on track to outpower the United States. Mm -hmm. So this could also, and this is, this is a conspiracy theory that the Panama papers are literally an attack of our enemies. So an attack on China and India. And that's why we have focused so much on leaders in those countries. And part of the conspiracy theory is to kind of hinder their growth and power against by smacking them with a mom. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And um I don't know. I just think that is so crazy because if you think about our side and like the United States and our freedom to speech, like you could look on the internet, nothing is supervised, nothing's filtered. But in China and in India, not everything's filtered. They don't get the same news that we do. No. And so it's almost like a different internet. Yeah, or like and, and so this theory is kind of suggesting that we are trying to hinder the power of China or India. other or other countries that we don't necessarily agree with. Agree with. Yeah. So here's interesting. Uh, so this could be a reason like to kind of debunk this. But um, one of the reason why America features less prominently in in all of these documents is that secretive banking is possible within the U.S. itself. Um, oh, yeah. 
with yes exactly business insider listing delaware and wyoming as examples of states and states in which anonymous companies can be created to shield wealth um another reason is that the us has strengthened its laws and increased the severity of punishments in recent years so many tax havens are now wary of american custom because it carries carries greater risk so, so we're actually, doing it internally but oh yeah i can actually speak to this too because in my previous life in my previous career i worked for a peo which stands for professional employer organization mm-hmm. and so a lot of my clients when i was over there they were incorporated in delaware because uh they were a lot more lenient on taxes and it was easy to set up a company there and so a lot of people are saying like Oh yeah, Panama's so bad, but within the United States, we have states that are so lenient and that have such liberal tax laws that it's possible everywhere if you just find the right loophole. Right. It's just fucked up. Right, exactly. Um so that's one. That's one theory that, you know, we were trying to expose our enemies in Russia and China. It's just another thing we're trying to get on top of China. The EU. Like, just just try to keep being powerful. Yeah. The struggles. The struggle. Strug is real. It is. Um, another, and I kind of talked about this at the top of the episode, another um, theory is that the Panama Papers were released in time to distract from all the bullshit that was going around on with the U.S. elections, okay, like back love, if we I can, this theory. if we can, like drive our minds back to 2016, which I feel like, like the summer was like in 2016. I know. So I it was yesterday. Let's 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 take a little trip down memory lane. So what was going on in 2016 for us personally? Um, um, God, I don't even remember. Um, I mean, the Trump election. I mean, the Trump election. The The Trump election. Um, The Trump show. Oh, this was so huge. And I think that this is really, really telling because during one of their debates between uh, Hillary Clinton and Trump, uh, she called him out on this. She was like, oh, Donald Trump has, you know, shell companies. He has companies Mm -hmm. that are, you know, not in the United States, blah, blah, blah. And you know what his response was? You do too. No, no, no. Oh. His re- <laughs> yeah. He said, he said because I'm smart. He said, that's why I have that, because yeah, I'm he's smart. He's leveraging yeah. the laws that are there. He's working within the laws. I mean, none of this is illegal, but it's at, there's no limit to it. So that's when it gets completely convoluted and that can, it can be used for secrets and yeah. remember, secrets are bad. Yeah. yeah. But I think that says because so much because people don't know what this is. And people don't know, like, how bad it can be, be in certain to the, situations. Let's go back to that analogy. That this way. is not against the law, but it depends on what you're doing and what you're reporting. Like, if you get tax breaks because it's legal... It's happening internally, but it's different if you're hiding it through other people's names and shell companies. Exactly. Like the 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 more noise that you get between you and your money, like if you just put your money directly into a tax haven in the British Virgin Islands, it ties directly back to you and you can be taxed the legal limit, but it's when you get convoluted 
then you're secreting. Well, and here's the issue. Once you have a certain amount of money in one company, it looks sketchy. So you open up another company and you start to transfer To that point, either they don't provide services or they provide something that doesn't add up with the amount of revenue they're incurring based on either their reported sales or what have you. So that's when it's bad. And then, okay, so going back to the analogy, once Fat Bobby's bank, piggy bank, gets too big and he can't stuff any more money into it, he gets another piggy bank and he hides it in another closet. Yeah. And so then it starts spreading. And then Mm -hmm. you have so much money in so many different fucking shell companies. That's not in your own closet. Yep. And you don't know with your mom checking in. What they're doing with it. Right. Exactly. So so getting, you know, yeah. So that's that's what I think that's important to note. It's like just because you do offshore banking doesn't mean you're a bad person, yeah. but there, but it's the level of secrecy and the just and the, the level, convoluted and the amount of wealth that you're able to hide without being without it being drawn back to you. Like yeah. the, what levels do you go to 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 separate you from your own money? Like so, Putin's billion dollars that he went through his friend which is a cellist which went through another company which yeah, went through another company do stuff nefarious so if you are just leveraging an offshore company then you can set you can debate all day long whether that's right because you're not paying taxes or whatever but you gotta take it off the board because it's legal yeah so then it's like i think what gets it is is it's who is actually doing it so they leak names of a lot of people all the papers but like Brad Pitt having money in an offshore company, ooh, that's tabloid media, but it doesn't matter. Like he's allowed to do that. But when you start leaking names like Putin and you start leaking names in China and all of a sudden it doesn't impact us, but what it does is it starts to cause strifes amongst Putin's people. Among political parties. And then it causes rifts amongst them. So when you when you spread it, when you get to an American newspaper and American newspapers have the ability to touch everybody, then it starts people People in Russia are going, wait, what's Putin doing? Yeah, discord and conspiracy theories. And so your ripples are whatever. You don't even know what that word, you don't even know what you putting it out there does for that person. I mean, the person could be assassinated. The person could be killed. They could have enemies. Like, So it's putting it out there in a way to where it causes discourse, which we'll never know. So who cares if Putin has an offshore account? Not you, not me, but somebody does. So that's why there's conspiracy theories. That's why we're going through this. Unless you start looking into it, there is some sketchy shit. Oh, for sure. So I'll get into some sketchy shit. Um, yeah. I'll get into some, like, stats and stuff. But coming back to, you know, Trump and Hillary, like, you know, just jabbing at each other. Like, we covered all of that. But so it's... But, okay. Did you ever know... Did you... Okay. I watched all of those debates. I never knew what they were talking about. Did you? Specifically when they were talking about offshore banking? banking. No. No one no one wants to hear about taxes, offshore banking, any of that because it's complicated. And, and honestly, the, I think why this hasn't been such a big deal is because this is hard to understand. And how do you make like offshore banking shell company tax fraud and evasion sexy for the average Joe to read? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Over my head. Like. Yeah. Unless you really sit down and y'all need to watch the laundromat because that's super it down easy for you. 
and entertaining. But this is important that people know about it. Like, it's just so fucked up. It's crazy. Um, so a lot of people thought, like, the Panama Papers coming out during that time, during a critical point in the debates and the campaigning for our 2016 election... Um, were to distract from Hillary Clinton's bullshit, like all of that shit with her email scandal and like putting her in a bad light. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about how like crazy Trump was being and he didn't expect to win, but like, lo and behold, he's pulling ahead, you know, all of this stuff is happening. But that was a crazy conspiracy theory that came out of Reddit. But a lot of people supported that theory that the, about the Panama papers coming out because of George Soros and his global impact and tethers. And I'm going to tie it back here in a second. Um, so he, George Soros, was a multi-multi-billionaire from Hungary, Budapest, who was a liberal and made big bets on global economies and government. And one of his big bets back in 2016 was that Hillary Clinton would win the presidency Another one was that he could reshape Ukraine's government to his liking and his business empire might find like fertile ground within that like former Soviet state, which now with all the impeachment shit that's going on, Ukraine is a linchpin in all of this. So Ukraine has been important for a while. So now we know why it's tied to Hillary Clinton, but why it's tied to the Panama Papers, um, this Icelandic Prime Minister Sigmundur Davio Gunlaugsson, who was I feel so bad for him. I know he was ousted from office in the wake of the Panama Papers being released. He accused George Soros of having bankrolled a conspiracy to remove him from power. It was later pointed out that Soros himself had also been implicated in the Panama Papers. So that like oh, also cast out trying to like push away right. the attention. Right, but look at him of <gasps> no duh, George Soros is probably taking like a totally Oh yeah, like, he's he is advantage total advantage of tax havens. But because he was such us. a outspoken like supporter of he's putting his little fingers on all of these governments all over the world and he really supported Hillary Clinton. That's why a lot of people were like maybe this is totally true. Maybe like he was like, you know what? I don't care. My name's in this. Like, you know, like this is perfect example of getting ahead of the scandal. Mm -hmm. So you're not, even if you're part of the scandal, getting ahead. So you're not like, Mm -hmm. you don't look as bad. Cause he funded, (gasps) he not only bet on Hillary Clinton, he funded her campaign. So people were saying like, Oh, maybe he like somehow had a hand in this (sighs) or let this happen because she was getting in a bad light. He needed a distraction during that time, which honestly, for me personally, I knew more about Hillary Clinton's email scandal than I did the Panama Papers at the time. Hundred percent, me too. Yeah, because That's crazy, right? <gasps> so another redditor, another guy, like person on Reddit, suggested that this was planned by him to bring down Donald Trump. So they reinforce one another. An email had been found from Hillary Clinton's State Department endorsing the Panama Pact trade deal that made this practice easier. Wait, what? So she made some policies from the State Department endorsing 
a pat trade with Panama. So it would have made getting the documentation, like working with them, getting insight into Mosec Fonseca. So, so they could protect themselves. It could have been, it could go all <gasps> the way to the top. Duh. Wow. <laughs> is that not so fucking sketchy? Like, this sketchy. is our world. That's oh. so sketchy. I mean, who's to say it is or isn't? And the poor prime minister from Iceland, I'm sorry, he might have been like put in such worse lighting ever. Mm-hmm. But poor guy. I mean, he's the only one that really went down. He had to resign. Yeah. He got impeached. Yeah. He literally is the only one that like had to suffer the consequences. In Iceland, who's doing anything in Iceland? They're just like, you know, you know what? It's all the people chilling in the they Arctic. Were like, Fuck this. You're going down. Because they're so small, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then he had to resign immediately. So that's so that's that theory, which I think is it's so good and then um the the other one i had was strategic leak on here i didn't know if you had anything beyond like what i had down there but i think we kind of touched on it but the most common thing uh, amongst all of the threads and all of this like you know all this talk was skepticism which is always a huge deal right, right? but a lot of people were A lot of people are like, well, we should distrust. Like I was saying, like, I would be like, sorry, John Doe, can't, can't do it. But a lot of people were like, why would you even trust all of this shit coming out all at once? It's so much crap. And like, is this leak supposed to distract us from something? You know, this is so big and so unbelievable. It's the largest leak in the history of the world. And it's like impacting all of this stuff. Like maybe it's misdirection, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have this, it's a really good post from, it's, duh, it's from Reddit. It's from you slash wannab. And to me is the best, like, perspective. Like, this sums it up the best. So he or she says, from some perspective, unless someone uses these documents to make a hit list, to hold these people accountable and somehow effectively enforce laws or ethics upon them, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. We knew all of this already. All we have are names. So now what? They'll only be brought to justice if the state makes it so. And then he goes on to say, this leak is meant to splinter the greater conspiracy theory community. Anyone who has recently, quote unquote, opened their eyes may fall victim to this misdirection. It's an election year for the U.S., so there are many new people who have been doing some political soul searching and have decided to open their eyes for the first time or maybe just squint. Mm -hmm. If the people seek vengeance on their own via violence in the places mentioned in the leaks, they are doing America's work for them. All of these countries in this quote-unquote leak are regions the U.S. is not strategically aligned with, with the obvious exception of Panama. Panama may be the primary target for these leaks to backlash on. The information is meant to destabilize any and all potential enemies. So it ties back into the first one. It ties back into the first one and saying, like, this is a strategic leak. Like, they did this on purpose to 
Um, and I think the difference is between to distract, to distract you guys. And I think the difference between the first and the third theory is that distract who distract who from what from exactly. That's the, so the first one is from, you know, the Eastern powers, China for Western capitalism, like truly, like truly just economic. But then this one could be from anything, from anything, anywhere at any We're other just time, to because you guys. because everyone knows how short our attention spans on. It's like squirrel. So like, what's the squirrel, next big thing? Like, you know, what's all this? Well, then also mistake for sake or whatever is the fourth. What's who's the third? Yeah, the who's third, the second, second who's first, the first largest offshore companies, and what do they know? Right. Ugh. Right. Okay. So I think. You know, how does this affect things going forward? I think it's, you know, it's that gray area of what's legal and who's abusing it. And yeah. what's going to happen is it's like. the but Yeah. What do you think is going to happen moving forward? Because I don't think anything's going to happen. So, but I think it's going to be, especially with more and more names leaking out. So I have a list, list of names. So, um, but I think with more names expected to be leaked from this breach and thousands more supposedly partaking in similar practice, but with different firms to our point earlier, like a Masek Fonseca is number four, but who's three, two, one in the world, you know? So it will probably call for global financial reform, but change could be long, long time coming as the scale of the problem is just now just being clearer. Because it's about that gray area. Like, who's who's getting advised to do something legal? And then when is it abused and who's doing the abuse? And that's a hard problem to solve. So I, mean, I don't think it's going to... Do you think that's ever going to be solved? I because think there are so. so many legal loopholes. And if you... I think it's going to take a long, long time because it's not black and white. There is a lot of gray and... It's going to take time to weed through, okay, what's what's legal and what's illegal in all of these situations? Like, how far removed can you be from your money before we say, oh, you are being secretive, which is equals bad. It's just sketchy and shady as fuck. Right. And And there's a lot of other companies that are involved in within this Mosaic Fonseca that have been tied to drugs and sex trafficking yes all of these really sketchy things that's the scary part that is is the scary part because we don't know what illegal horrible things in the world these things could be potentially funding because there is no clear track record or there's no paper trail there's no fucking checks and balances right exactly so so the scale, like I said, so the scale is only becoming clear. I mean, there's there's eleven and a half million documents. I mean, what the heck? So, senior politicians from all over the world have been linked thus far, some directly and some indirectly, and that's the problem. It's like going through the investigative work to identify where all these shell companies are, like how to how to draw these lines back, and you'll kind of see that in the laundromat if you watch that, um, how they kind of tie it back to this one thing. Oh, um, that's so good. So, oh, so some directly, some indirectly to the Panama Papers, Mauricio Macri, the president of Argentina, Khalifa bin Zayed al-Nayyan, the president of UAE, United Arab Emirates, 
Um, Petro Poroshenko, the president of Ukraine, King Solomon of Saudi Arabia, Sigmander Davio Gonlaugson, the prime minister of Iceland, which we talked about, have all been directly named thus far, as well as family members of Nawaz Sharif, the prime minister of Pakistan. Various friends of Vladimir Putin are also listed, as well as the late father of British prime minister David Cameron. Leading top speculation that both have been avoiding tax through association. So that's the bad thing. Avoiding tax through association of other people, not of yourself. Um, Away from politics, several famous faces have also been linked, including Argentine footballer Lionel Messi, which is huge. But all of that FIFA shit that went on. Do you remember all of that? I do. But I don't think this in particular... I don't think he knew where his money was going because didn't his brother open up uh, like an account for him or or a business for him? And it's like, okay, if you are this but, rich and famous and you're an athlete, you have all of these people working for you, and then but dude, if they're doing something illegal, no, you've got to you've got to do your diligence. But, do your due uh, diligence. but when you're so young and so naive, you trust your money to all these big big corporate people yeah. and. They're figuring out how to get you the most money because when you have the most money, they get paid for they it. They get paid more. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So they're going to go to any means to get you more returns, exactly. which means more money in their pocket. And if you're that young and naive, you don't know what you're doing. Another name, Jackie Chan. I saw that. I know. Jackie Chan. Yeah. I love Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. He doesn't I don't know. Think, I don't think he knows. Yeah. So um, there's there. We talked about some resignation. So obviously the Icelandic PM, he stepped down very very quickly. Um, they reveal the documents revealed that he and his wife had invested money offshore in 2007 after the sale of his wife's father's business. Um, so Juan Pedro Damiani. A prominent member of FIFA Ethics Committee also resigned after being named in the leak. So that FIFA thing is so I don't know a ton about it, but there has been this is years of huge corruption. FIFA is the most like they have so much fucking money. You Mm -hmm. think the NFL has a lot of money? It is maybe a tenth of what FIFA has. They have so much money. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Insane. So, 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 with more and more people coming out, like as far as, far as the future goes, what's going to actually be affected? Like, how's this going to change? There's a lot of speculation, but really, what I mean, what I think this is saying is, there's got to be worldwide like financial reform. It's going to take a long time, but I think eventually they're going to. I don't know how they're going to police shell companies, you know, I, but I think it's just going to get harder and harder. But that's the problem. It's a world, it's an international issue. It's and when have we ever come together on anything? So ever. I don't know. <laughs> and that's why they've been getting away with us for so much because right. like so, we have such different laws. Yeah. So, so let me, so you may be asking your, yourself the question like, okay, why do I care? Like, why should I care if a billionaire is, you know, 
not paying his taxes or like use you know Ugh. doing some they're you know taking it away from you exactly so they're taking the reason they are getting away and they have so much more money than you do mm-hmm. they're getting away with paying zero taxes and that is all getting turned around yes. and stuck with us with the so, middle class with the lower class with the upper mm-hmm. middle class like everyone that's not in that one percent elite we are having to pay for them mm-hmm. so. The top 50 companies in the United States, which include Goldman Sachs, Walmart, Apple, and IBM, have concealed more than a trillion dollars offshore in 1,600-plus offshore subsidiary companies while still receiving trillions in federal loans, loan guarantees, and bailout assistance. The nonprofit charity Oxfam claims in a new report released Thursday. So this was actually from 2016. Um, so this, this nonprofit charity Oxfam did like this investigation and like found like, okay, here's the U.S. companies that are doing this. Corporate tax dodging, which is what I just said. It's a real thing. Cost the U.S. an estimated $100 billion each year, a gap that the average American taxpayer would have to shell out an extra $760 to cover, the report said. average. average. Oxfam, that charity, analyzed the largest 50 companies over a period of six years comparing their reported profits, offshore holding, and paid taxes. Apple led among the 50 companies with $181 billion in offshore holdings spread across three offshore subsidiaries, followed closely by General Electric, which had $119 billion in offshore holdings among 18 offshore subsidiaries, while also receiving $27 billion in federal money. So here's some, like, kind of what the fuck facts. So one of the journalists that was a part of the ICIJ, International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. Remember, this is that big group internationally that all that the German That the German guy that John Doe connected, like, shared it with, that spread it all over the world to all of our, like, U.S. and, like, BBC, like, um, you know, news outings. So one of the journalists who helped break this story and led the Panama Papers investigation into corruption in Malta was killed on Monday, October 16th, a year and a half after the Panama Papers broke. Daphne Caruana Galicia died when her car was destroyed by a powerful explosive device, which blew the vehicle into several pieces and threw debris into a nearby field. And I have a picture of it. Um, so she was a blogger who posts her, whose posts attracted more readers than the combined circulation of the country's newspapers. Um, she was so outspoken. Yeah. They, she was described by, um, by the Politico website as a one woman WikiLeaks. Her blogs were the thorn in the side of both the establishment and underworld figures that hold sway in Europe's smallest member state of Malta. What a badass. Um, uh, her most recent revelations pointed a finger at Malta's prime minister, Joseph Muscat, and two of his closest aides connecting offshore companies linked to the three men with the sale of Maltese passports and payments from the government of Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan? Mm-hmm. 
And so she had filed a police report to say that she had been receiving death threats. And she posted her final blog at 2.35 on that Monday she was killed. And the the explosion was reported to the police just after 3 p.m. So she literally, like, pressed send and then died. Um... So, so, so it's crazy. But, so that was back in 2017. 2019, um, new claims emerge. So this was just at the end of November. That prime minister and his friends, their two brothers, um, they got indicted. Like, they're being looked into and they're, like, going through an investigation. They, they were accused. So this is ongoing to still, like, solve for murder. That's so crazy. That's why people don't want to talk it's like about a it because they don't want to get fucking killed. It's like a movie. So we were talking about The Laundromat, mm-hmm. which is such a good movie on Netflix. You guys need to watch it before they take it off. Yeah. So if you <coughs> if you watched, it's kind of the same style as The Big Short, which is another fantastic movie yeah. about the the housing Bubble Bust, um, which is amazing. But it's kind of that same style if you've seen that movie. The Laundromat is very, like, like, you know, kind of, like, breaking the fourth wall. That's, like, a term in, like, cinemas when, like, the character actually, like, talks to the camera, like, talks to the audience watching them. And, like, like, they use the breaking the fourth wall to, like, explain, like, what's going on. They'll stop the movie. Like, that's very, like, the big short, which I like that format a lot. It's real because it's so entertaining, right? And it's educational. And it's educational and you can understand it. So in October, um, there was a lawsuit filed on, I forgot, I think it was like the end of October, um, in federal district court in New Haven, Connecticut, the law firm and its partners, Jurgen Mosek and Ramon Fonseca, so the two founders of yep. Mosek Fonseca, they objected to their portrayal in the film as, quote-unquote, ruthless, uncaring, and unethical lawyers who engaged in money laundering, tax evasion, and other criminal activities to benefit the wealthy. In the film, Mr. Mosek is played by Gary Oldman and Mr. Fonseca by Antonia Banderas. Mm-hmm. Um The lawsuit objects the film's characteristics of Mr. Mosaic and Mr. Fonseca as the villains profiting from the tragedies like the death of the widow's husband, making the reference to the dialogue in the film's trailer saying, quote unquote, it all goes back to the law firm Mosaic and Fonseca. It references Mr. Oldman and Mr. Banderas wearing flamboyant gold colored suits with bow ties and laughing sinisterly. The magic makes a great story, to be sure, but the innuendo created its destructive and unfair, the law firm claimed in court papers. It's a moneymaker for Netflix, but an irreparably harmful money loser for the plaintiffs. Well, they're already losing their asses out of this. They closed down. so I mean, it's a perfect portrayal. And entertaining. I guess it took, I think it took creative license with, like, how they personally felt about all the defraud. They never once named them directly, though. Did they? I don't think they did. Oh, they did. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, they definitely took creative life license. So, as far as, like, a defamation to, well, I'm sure these guys are just trying to collect whatever they can. You know, whatever. I mean, at this point, 
So whatever. I really don't feel sorry for them. I don't either. So Netflix declined to comment on the substance of the lawsuit, but the company filed a motion to dismiss it on that following Wednesday, which was the end of October. So the law firm had sued Netflix for libel, invasion of privacy, and trademark violations, arguing that the law firm's logo is placed in the scenes, quote-unquote, allows viewers to associate it with very serious criminal and unethical behavior. It is asking a judge to order that Netflix stop the film from being released for streaming. The film was already screened in film festivals in Venice and Toronto and has been released in a few theaters. And it's still available on Netflix, so watch it while you yeah. can because it's so good. Watch it. It's yeah. really, really, really good. Yeah, it is. Woo. Well, guys, Woo. per usual. Yeah. We love you. God bless. And, and trust no one. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, <laughs> that made me tired. <laughs>